doing this is kind of like people who expense like a fancy food on a business dinner. Like I wouldn't <laughs> normally ever buy this steak, but you know, since it's for a business dinner, I can justify it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I read this thing. It wasn't a complete waste of time. At least can make a podcast episode out of it. <laughs> That's true, though. Except then I go out of my way to watch or read things that I normally wouldn't, which is good in some ways, but also kind of like I would never have had to have watched this stupid thing if it wasn't for the podcast. On the other hand, expand your horizons, Danielle. I know it's good for me. I used to be much more versatile in my media interests. Yeah, so you're welcome, Danielle. I'm so glad I could break you out of your shell. You're welcome, too. Do you think you really changed my media consumption diet all that much? No, not at all. <laughs> and actually, the one that we're doing today is not a good example. <laughs> Of me changing anything at all, because it's exactly the kind of thing I would do. Is it a romance novel? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, great, perfect. everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who has no experience with it. Yes, that's me, Danielle. I'm like a freshly harvested diamond. You gotta polish me up and apply a nice cut to my facets. Okay, that. And <laughs> <laughs> today is my week, everybody. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Ouch. With that intro, we're we're diverging from the sci-fi, so this is good. I'm sure some people will be appreciative of that. <laughs> we haven't had that much sci-fi. I mean, other than our two Hyperion runs and then several sci-fi movies, we're fine. <laughs> I, what would you count uh, Rock and Rule as? Uh, I don't know. I forgot we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Perfect. Uh, so glad I do this with you, Danielle. The attention and detail you pay is, is really true, rewarding. That's true, but it was... Animated, it was not really sci-fi. I'll give you that. All right, great. Perfect. Now, we're running into Danielle territory. I'm sorry, Sam, and ahead of time. No, let's do it, Danielle. I mean, we have to keep balance in the universe, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Today, we're going to do the 1997 novel, Blood and Chocolate, by Annette Curtis-Kloss. I was like, you had me at blood, you lost me at chocolate. (laughs) Uh, This is actually a very well-known book. Uh, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, and it was a movie that came out, and I'm actually very tempted to do the movie as well, because it has nothing to do with the book. What an interesting choice, just going off the name <laughs> recognition, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, I'm actually rewatching. I read this book when I was a teenager, probably about when it came out, and then uh, reread it again here for the podcast, and I saw the movie around the same time that I read the book, and rewatching the movie, I was like, yep, that was weird as I remember it. <laughs> Well, don't keep me in suspense. I might give you this one line uh, IMDb summary that summarizes both the movie and the book, but somehow does not actually, uh, even though the book and movie are completely separate entities. So if you were to do the movie in a future episode, you'd give me that exact same summary again? Exact same summary. I'm doing it. Let's Let's do do it. it. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I love one line summary. I will not remember this by the time you do the movie if you do it. It doesn't matter. It's only one line. Are you ready? Sure. I did not expect those first three words. <laughs> a teenage werewolf is torn eh, eh, between honoring her family's secret and her love for a man. Okay. Love it. You have my attention again, Danielle. You've done it. You've hooked me. That more or less uh, describes both things, I would, I would argue. <laughs> first off, teenage werewolf that's not teen wolf. Yes, please. 
<laughs> or American Werewolf in London, I suppose. Aren't most werewolf movies like metaphors for puberty? I was just thinking about that. Hmm. This, anyway. this is absolutely a coming-of-age story, so I'm going to go with yes. Okay, great. Perfect. Second, female werewolf. Also awesome. Not since Werewolf, the film of infant, <laughs> of, of, of fame with uh, – is it Emilio Estevez? No. It's someone. I forget. Anyway, one of, one of the Estevezes or Sheens or someone's in that. But also – a werewolf torn between her family's secret, I guess, of werewolf secret and a man. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> glad. I'm glad this is for you. It may not be by the end. That's fine. You know what? I'm prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The movie or movie, the book opens with a fire. An old inn is burning down and Vivian watches from the outside. Who's Vivian? We have no She's idea. the main character. <laughs> is she introduced simply as Vivian watching from the outside? Uh, Yeah, give or take. She, uh, I don't think it tells you necessarily right in the beginning, but she's a I think she's 16 at the beginning of this, give or take. Is this a third person book? Is that why it introduces her to Vivian? Yes, it's a third person. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's what you're like. <laughs> third person Hi, limited. My name is Vivian. I'm watching it in Burn Down. This no, is my story. You're probably chaos. wondering There's... how I got there. <laughs> no, it doesn't do the classic, you know, now that I've got your attention, here's how I got here. Right, 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 right. <laughs> No, there's chaos ensuing. Like, obviously, this is her home, and it is burning down. Aww. I know. It's the West Virginia countryside, and they don't expect a fire engine to arrive anytime soon. And a woman, you know, stumbles out, and she yells that they did it on purpose. They burned them out. And another yells to watch out for snipers. They might be waiting to pick them off as they leave. Snipers in West Virginia. Yes. That tracks. <laughs> so the group of people that, you know, come out of this inn decide to head for Maryland. Esme, Vivian's mother, asks where her father is, and Vivian explains that he ran back into the inn. So he's dead, presumably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Spoiler, he's dead. <laughs> so Esme is her mother. Yes. Esme's beside herself. She's trying to run back towards the inn, but Vivian grabs a hold of her, telling her she can't stop him. He's sworn to protect the pack, and she can't lose them both. Okay, so we're already, you know, ways deep in werewolf words here with pack and yeah okay great this book is one of those ones that just like throws stuff in willy-nilly and then like casually gives ex explanations like it's a normal thing to be <laughs> nice nice <laughs> well obviously oh danielle i i think is this a prequel to the movie wolf i did maybe that would be amazing if they were <laughs> i mean they're not i know they're not actually related but in my head they are now related <laughs> You can see how it goes, and you can tell me by the end. Sure thing. Um, so luckily, all the characters have different names in this one. They're not all like Cameron, Carl, Charlie, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Carter. I can't believe <laughs> you still don't remember those. <laughs> I can't. They're all the same name, Sam. They're all the same. <laughs> Who names three characters in the same story of main characters all with the same letter name? I cannot explain to you, Danielle, but I don't <laughs> think it's really that complicated to keep three different names separate. Maybe if I'd seen the movie. No, they're pretty bland in the movie, too. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so Vivian's watching all this happen. She questions what she's done. If only she had stopped the boys, the fire might not have happened. If only she told her father they were out of control. The inn collapses, and the book jumps ahead a year. Just one? Just one year. I forgot. Did you introduce the year, like the setting? Uh, West Virginia, 1997, 90, Oh, okay. I think like this isn't like 1812 or whatever, some, you know, frontier. No, it's people. like modern day, whatever time. That's insane. <laughs> 
So, uh, like I said, jumps ahead a year. The book is all done in um, chapters with like moon, whatever the moon cycle is. So it's based on moon cycles. This must be the waxing gibbous. Yeah, something like that. I didn't write (laughs) them down. I'll be honest. (laughs) So Esme's been fighting with Astrid, another woman in the pack. And she feels like she hardly knows her mother anymore because she used to be kind of just a normal mom who was in love with her dad. And now it's just like chaos all the time. She's kind of like the teenager. werewolf mom. Yeah, she's a teenager in the relationship. So while Vivian was out, I guess she wasn't home, uh, Rafe or Rafe, R-A-F-E, how are we pronouncing this? R-A-F-E, I'd call it Rafe. Rafe called for her. He's one of the five. Five males in the pack that are the only ones that are her her age. So it's like her and five males that are all around the same age, which is 17-ish at this time. Oh no, I can already see where this is going. Her mom thinks that she should spend more time with them, but Vivian hates them because the fire had been their fault and Axel's. Who's Axel? Great question. Maybe there were six before. (laughs) She says the five in capital letters, like there was only ever five, but apparently there's also Axel. So five and Axel. I was going to ask literally who is Axel, but thank you for answering the question by not answering it. Well, you're going to find out briefly. Axel, apparently, uh, lost it and killed a girl. The group, Axel and the five, enjoyed scaring the humans and running wild, and Axel began to go off by himself. She had been half in love with Axel, even though Rafe thought she was his, like Rafe and her were kind of dating, maybe? Uh, Teenager dating dynamics are the worst, and probably made worse with the BS of, like, badly understood pack dynamics, but people don't really understand how wolf packs work. Yes, they don't understand how their wolf pack works, you'll you'll see shortly. Great. Perfect. Love it. (laughs) So, like I said, Rafe and her were dating. She didn't want to tell on her friends. She knew they were getting out of control and that they were trying to scare the humans and all of that. She didn't want to tell on her friends. And this is where I need to tell you that the copy that I read was Open Library. Sure. And somebody had written notes in it. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it was a- Rafe is dreamy. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it was a teenager. Could be wrong. No offense to this teenager who read this book. I like totally see what they were doing with it. I also probably wrote stuff like this as a teenager in books. But in parentheses on she didn't want to tell her friends the parentheses read teen reaction. (laughs) You're like, yep, that was a teen reaction. Good call. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for explaining why the character did the thing they were just telling us they did. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read some of those as we go along because I think they really add something to the uh, book. <laughs> I love this mystery teen who wrote in this. Yeah, you, you get to participate in our podcast, mystery teen. If it's you, if you're listening to this oh, and man. you are the mystery teen, please, please. let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so she never told her father, the, who was the pack leader, that they were getting more and more wild. And then Axel ended up killing a girl at the Valentine's Day dance. Someone saw him shifting over her and named him to the police. So he just murdered somebody to dance and someone saw him, like, over her corpse. Yes. Crazy. It's crazier. So while he was in jail, Axel, the five decided to help by killing another girl to make it look like maybe there was someone or something else on the loose. That doesn't sound smart. (laughs) And so between that and, like, the lawyer being like, well, surely a man covered in fur couldn't have been the killer. That's just nonsense. He's managed to, to, like, get out of jail. The case was dismissed. So they kill someone else to frame some imaginary third party. And the lawyer's like, he's not hairy enough. No, they ta- they're they saying that the witness that saw the murder happen said that he changed into a, like, hairy werewolf man, whatever, oh. a werewolf, a wolf. Yeah. And they're like, that can't, like, obviously the witness is compromised. It's not humanly possible that, you know, he saw somebody covered in fur trying to murder somebody. And there's been another murder while this right, guy's right. in jail. So, like, he can't beat the murderer. Okay. Got it. 
Um, I guess that's a plan. <laughs> Spy 17, 16-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but someone from the town believed the, believed the story about the werewolf and did some vigilante justice at the inn where they stayed. And that's how it ended up burning down that night. So someone in where they lived was like, I buy this werewolf thing and my solution, fire. Yes, 100%. Great. Makes sense to me. No notes. All right. Well, this is where we get some wolf background. <laughs> In the 1600s. <laughs> sure. Gosh. All right. Her, her ancestor had fled from werewolf hysteria in France to the New World and had ended up settling in Louisiana. Question. It, Rips on. Yes. <laughs> I don't was know the there, answer. Was there werewolf hysteria in France? Because that know. sounds like a that party. <laughs> That's like a good time. Like, you gotta run, hey, we all got werewolf hysteria. Come on down to the discotheque. <laughs> If I hadn't been on my first page of notes, I would have been Googling werewolf hysteria in France because I wanted to know if that was a thing. I love it. I mean, I obviously probably a lot of people were badly hurt if it was the same thing like the witch trials in in, in, the, in mm-hmm. New England. But I want there to be like a club that's named werewolf hysteria and everyone just goes there and, you know, like, like a bunch of furries or whatever go there to dance and like dress up as wolves. It might exist. Especially yeah. in France. Yeah, yeah, go France, all right. All right, so they're in Louisiana, but in the 19th century, the Verdant Triplets, who, who are they? I don't know, they're okay. just mentioned. Verdun, the, not Verdant. Uh, V-E-R-D-U-N. Got it. The Verdant Triplets had broken the ban on human flesh, quote unquote, and they'd had to move the pack to West Virginia. And then once they're Axel killed again, and they've moved to Maryland now. So basically, everywhere they move, they manage to kill people and have to flee. So they're not really doing a very good job of staying incognito. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the storyline. I sort of skim over it in most of it. But uh, there's kind of this dynamic of uh, like what the goddess, quote unquote, gave them what they're supposed to do with the, that changing, shifting there's skills and relationship with humans. And I'll get into it a little bit. I'm not well, going to like... just drop their religion <laughs> on me with no explanation. <laughs> well, you're not. The story does. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, curse you. <laughs> We'll get into it a little bit more. I skipped over some of it. So with half of them dead after the fire, the pack was kind of at a loss. They ended up moving to Maryland. They stayed closer to the city than normal and decided maybe that would be a better way to try and blend in. So they got jobs. And there's it's really been hard no to leader. keep a werewolf out of the trash in the city. Yeah, I know. It's just it's a hard road. <laughs> so they had no leader since her father died. And the pack has a lot of infighting. They can't agree on a leader currently. Aw. You know who should be the leader? Who? The teenage girl, because teenage girls are natural leaders. Well, wait for it, Sam. Wait for it. Let's also, find out if that's true. Point of order, just because I'm a pedant and I have to do this, I'm sorry. Wolf packs are not hierarchical in the way people think. Okay, well, I have They are a whole... family units. It's all it is, no. is family units. The whole alpha no. omega thing is no. nonsense. No, it's not, because this whole book is a patriarchal nightmare, which we'll get into shortly. Right, right. And it's like... The guy who like, made the observations and wrote the papers like, you guys, you're getting this all wrong. This is not about alphas and betas or whatever. This is about they, they got parents and their kids, and that's what a wolf pack is. Nope. It's family. No, we're, we'll get into how uh, absurdly patriarchal yeah, this environment say, is. It's so bad. <laughs> people want it to be like the – like, oh, it's a, it's a patriarchy in nature. Therefore, you know, it's the right thing. Like, no, that's not it at all. You're wrong. <laughs> You can get into that. You're going to have feelings on this later. Trust me. I do. I have strong feelings about this plot I later. I just really don't like people justifying their terrible beliefs with bad science facts. Yeah. That was Sam's science corner, as always. Sorry. Sam's science corner. Do, 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 do. That's the same song as the crap facts song, Danielle. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better one fast enough. 
How come we'll they have to be different? <laughs> they gotta be different. You can't have the same theme song. We're two well, completely different shows. It's your science corner. You figure out the theme song. All right, I'll work on it. <laughs> we had a discussion earlier about theme songs from you know 90s and 80s cartoons and how awesome they are. I want something like that. Okay, well, then you need to do that in your life. <laughs> I'll work on it. Thank you. Anyway, Vivian's attending the local high school. Her mother's got a waitressing job at a local bar. Um, she feels like an outsider at school, as one might if they're a werewolf, I guess. Yeah. And her outlet is art. And one of the teachers suggests that she submit a few prints to the school literary magazine. Ah, uh, prints. Paw prints. Hey. <laughs> I should do that every time I mention something that's remotely werewolf related. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because this book isn't <laughs> taking advantage of all the pun opportunities, then I will. It's not. It's not a funny book. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's very like melodrama. Uh, it has it? Yeah, it's got a melodramatic tone. It has definitely a dark sort of ser- surrealistic uh, vibe, and the a lot of the writing's a little bit lyrical. All right. Well, I mean, I'm not saying a book can't be serious, but a little levity here and there goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, there's not much. There's a couple of funny little quips that she has in her head when people don't realize she's a werewolf, and that's about it. Is it like? I'll mark your territory. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so it's accepted to the literary magazine, and when she receives her copy, it shares a page or, you know, whatever, the section of the, the book with a poem called Wolf Change, about a person who changes into a wolf. And our our teenage, probably teenage narrator put on the side of the book describes werewolf. <laughs> yes, okay. the poem does. The poem does do that. Good okay. job. Question. You said her out was art, and she submitted prints to a book, and they published the art in the book. To the school literary magazine. Okay, so it's the school magazine, not like an actual... (laughs) Nope, it's the school. It's called The Trumpet. Uh, Thank you. Perfect. Not what I expected, but I'll take it. (laughs) Usually, I expect something like The Bugle, but I guess it doesn't make any more sense (laughs) than The Trumpet, so what do I know? It's all brass to me. Uh, So, So, yeah. She got her her picture. Did it tell you what the picture is about? Because if it's a wolf, I'll be very upset. It's I. Mm, and she kind of describes it in the print, but it sounds kind of more like a metaphorical wolf as opposed to just like an obvious okay. wolf, yeah, cha- sure. like wolf changing to human, human change to wolf. Got it. So, and so she's impressed with the art because she's like, "Wow, this like it's almost like he read my mind." The poem writer, the, you know, so the like poet. He- is so that's my next question. The poet is someone else who coincidentally is writing a werewolf poem that is yes. to be printed next to the werewolf print that were submitted at the same time. Well, I'm sure that they like put them together on purpose, but yes, they're completely two separate entities that did not realize the other person existed. Great. That that was where I was getting confused. I'm like, that's an awfully big coincidence. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it is, but it's was just two separate people and they happened to put the two things together. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Sorry, I was a little perplexed. It's okay. So like I said, she's excited about the poem because she just feels like uh, it speaks to her. You, you know? get it's me, like, man, on a like, deeper level. <laughs> and it's written by a boy named Aiden Teague. And she's interested in finding out who he is and meeting him. I bet she is. Ooh, yeah, Aiden, is. your name is so angular. <laughs> okay. Later, she's going to school. Um, this is like in the morning, I think, at, at home. She gets a copy of the magazine. And later, she's going to school, and Rafe and the other five meet up with her on the walk. And I guess they're too cool for school? I don't know. Did they have parents? It's, <laughs> un- it's unclear. Danielle, or like, I'm not really sure cool is the word I would use. <laughs> they're just like, they, like, they don't go to school. She kind of makes fun of them a little bit for it. Like, you know, well, some of us, you know, choose to go to school. So, like, apparently they have – I think they have parents. It's unclear at this point if they're just, like, running amok. Like, no, there's no pack structure. There's no leaders. And nobody's like, you guys, Man. you know, you boys, come back here. 
There's a real missed opportunity with not naming this book Werewolves Amok. <laughs> muck, muck, muck. <laughs> so they're all, like, as you put, pointed out earlier, they're all kind of half interested in her since the pack is small and she's one of the only available females around their age. One of the or the? Them. She's really the old. Oh, this book plays loosey goosey with ages. Let me tell you. Um, oh, no. She, <laughs> she is the only person of their age that's like in that teen year area. All right. And they have names, but I'm not going to tell you them because it really doesn't matter. I, I would not remember them, so thank you. <laughs> uh, one of them mentions that they saw her mother go into Thule's bar with Gabriel. And she was, quote, unquote, all over him. And Astrid wasn't far behind. She looked pissed off. And Vivian realizes that that's what the fight was over from earlier when I said that she was fighting with Astrid. They're fighting over Gabriel. And he's apparently kind of a big deal in the pack. And um, was Gabriel? The one... you just... I'm sorry. I was oh, this so... is where you learn about Gabriel. <laughs> right. But you did not. You just said, oh, Astrid was fighting over Gabriel. What? No, that's, what, that's how you find out about Gabriel. <laughs> So Gabriel is an adult, I'm presuming, that her mother is pursuing and in a fight with another pack member over. Uh, yeah, we're getting to that right now. So Gabriel uh -huh. is Gabriel was, I think, newer to the pack. It's a little unclear kind of his history, but he helped them um, after the, her father died in the infire. He was the one that like banded everybody together, got them to Maryland. He kind of he's not like interim leader, but he's a strong alpha presence in the wolf pack. And he's 24, and she thinks it's gross that her mom is like hitting on him because she's close to 40. I don't know how old she is, but close to 40. So. Point of clarification, in this book, can you make werewolves like the classic, they get bitten by a werewolf, you become a werewolf kind of thing? Not that I know of. It does not tell us that so at any point in time. All the, so this is a hereditary thing then. Yeah, it sounds like you just, like, you have to have babies. They're really big on procreation. They want to really want to maintain the werewolf population. Understood. Conservationists. I, I support the Yellowstone <laughs> wolf conservation <Yes>. effort. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on here. Yeah, exactly. God, it makes sense to me. Why did they just tell me that? It's all I have to say. So how can Gabriel be new to the pack? Like, did he, was he just like a wandering werewolf, like a ronin who found them? Or okay, one of my biggest complaints about this book, Sam, is that there is no background to this character. You get one little thing right at the end about something that happened in his past. You get very little. Like, it just kind of sounds like he hasn't been there the entire time, but he's been there long enough to, like, establish some relationships in this group setting, well, uh, they ran to new werewolves in the new world amazing yeah so i'd like i don't know if he's from another pack if he was just kind of wasn't he was packless till he got here i don't i don't know okay uh, i just this book seems to introduce topics uh badly is a word i'm looking for uh, abruptly maybe is a better yeah, word abruptly i would say and it kind of flows together when you're reading it but it is just like a constant wash of new information where that has makes you go wait a second <laughs> Like, I have to reestablish the things I already knew. Right. So I want to make sure I didn't miss something in that long explanation about the, the love triangle, because I did not... Like, once you mentioned Gabriel, my mind went blank. I'm like, who is Gabriel? And I did not hear the rest of what you said. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give you all the information I got as I got it. So that's how this is going to go. Sam, Great. I need no, you to I be understand. as confused as I was. Okay. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> So she flashes back to Axel being released from jail. The punishment from the pack was death. So not probably wanted to be in jail, I'd imagine. What? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because sure. he killed he murdered somebody. somebody. Yeah, no, I'm not saying like yeah, but also, oh wow. 
Yeah. So you find out at some point, maybe it's not here, maybe, but at some point you find out that once a a werewolf murders a human, it's likely they're going to do it again. Like it's just like sharks or something, you know, they uh-huh. take the taste of human blood. They like keep going rats. crazy bears. I don't know. Yeah. Rats. Yeah. <laughs> So Vivian couldn't save Axel because he was obviously a murderer, but she pleaded with her father to save the five. So because Why? they had only killed because they had only killed to help the pack, she was arguing. And she was good friends with them at the time. So she's like, Oh, let me save the five, and now she doesn't like them anymore. Well, because she blames them and herself for like the in fire. Got it. Yeah. At the time that in fire hadn't happened, so she just wanted her friends to not all die which i get i guess i mean it's fair if they're the only people around her age like the only available suitors that would be unfortunate because right. i'm assuming it'd be super taboo to date a human which is probably what this book is about yes yeah. yeah and so okay. he ended up agreeing and they were punished physically instead so they're all still alive but axel had to be killed so she finds out who Aiden is, and she's watching him from across the quad at lunch at school. And she's wondering how he knew so much about how it felt to be a wolf. If maybe he's from another pack, or he just knows too much, quote-unquote. How common are werewolves in this universe? Uh, it sounds like there's, like, multiple packs all over the United States. Because it's, it just sounds like they're just running to them left and right here. No, I think probably every few states at one point, so they mentioned a pack from like Pennsylvania, I think it is, and then one north of them. They're in Maryland, so somewhere in the eastern seaboard area. So I think it's just maybe every few states there's a pack that's around. I don't know how far they're. I mean, amazing if he's from another pack in, at her high school. Yeah, well, she's just wondering. I guess maybe they wander sometimes, rogue ones. I don't know. I don't know, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> People travel. Maybe it's just nomadic that they move to the area. Yeah, it sure. doesn't sound like you have to be part of a pack. Like I don't. I, they never say that. Sure. So she's just wondering kind of why he knows so much based on his poem. And she's apparently super hot, you find out. So she uses her feminine wiles to get his attention just by walking past their lunch group. And our handy little narrator on the side said sex behavior, which yes, yes it is. (laughs) Sex behavior. (laughs) I mean, more like in sex entrapment, sex entrapment. (laughs) So, uh, I guess she gets her attention. She gets his attention. Hayden's attention. (laughs) I mean, if, like, a hot, hairy girl walked past me, sure. She's not hairy. She's oh. n- human. <laughs> well, you didn't Non-hairy. specify what form she was in. <laughs> she's obvious. she's at school. She's a human. I know. But I'm, I think it'd be funnier if she in her role form was like, hey, big boy. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. So she tells him <laughs> she likes his poem in the magazine, that it was matched with her art print, and she's disappointed to realize that he is only human, of course. Just an emo human writing poems about werewolves. 100%. And he's described as like a dressed like a hippie. Then one of the teachers mentions that he's got like bell bottoms and flower print shirts This is on the 90s, right? I know, yeah. Great. Late 90s. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's a throwback. The teacher thinks it's funny. Uh, but she's kind of intrigued by him all the same, even though she's like, well, you're human, but I'm going to give you my phone number. So she hands that off to him. Phone number? 90s. I forgot. They had to call the home where her parents are. Yeah, she wrote it on his palm, like old school, 97. Don't wash your hand for the rest of the day. They'll be gross. (laughs) So when she arrives home from school, Gabriel's at her house. Uh, He's just leaving and he tells her she's looking good and they never see her down at Toolies. And she's like, well, I'm too young to drink. And he's like, could have fooled me. Gross. (laughs) Absolutely gross. gross. Uh, I have feelings about this, you'll see how i feel <laughs> i have feelings already and my feeling i do not like this i don't like gabriel he is a creep 
gave, uh, she kind of, she also hates him. She's just like not impressed by him at all. She shuts the door in his face, uh, heading inside. And apparently Gabriel had been there to invite her mom out for a drink. And Vivian's like, that's gross. You're almost 40. And Esme's like, chill. I'm not that serious about him. Like, calm down. I, you know, sometimes I just want somebody to hang out with your dad's dad, but nicely. <laughs> right. I mean, not unreasonable. That evening, she gets a call from Aiden asking her out. So apparently he didn't wash off her phone number, which is good. Well, that means he didn't wash his hands all day, which is bad. <laughs> Boys don't wash their hands, Sam. Hey, well known. <laughs> that's not true and you know it. <laughs> I'm sure you wash your hands. Her mom doesn't want her to go because he's a human. And she says, don't date if you can't mate. I mean, are we talking? Well, okay. <laughs> Is this a like physiological thing where they're not compatible in terms of parts? Or is this like a genetics thing where they can't make a viable offspring? Like a viable fetus? There is a lot of sex in this book for a, a YA novel, oh. um, but and a, not a lot of sex, but a lot of talk about sex, I think, sure. is probably more accurate. There's not any sex in this book. Spoiler. Oh, um, well, what's the point? <laughs> but she, I think it's more biological. Like, they can have sex. They that's just my, that's can't my thought. have babies. There's not like a horse and a donkey can make a mule kind of thing. Right. And so Vivian's like, well, I'm not planning to have kids with him. I just want to date him. So like chill. Like, I'm going to go on a date with them. You can't kill them anyway. You can always adopt, That's but true. that wouldn't preserve the werewolf population, so the conservation efforts would fail. That's yeah, a real a problem. There's, a, some, there's some real issues. To, I mean, this is, like I said, a coming-of-age story. So this is a woman torn, or a young lady, young woman, torn between like this I know, whole family culture and, that and she has. Yes. Yeah, and plus, like, you know, the humanity that she also feels, because she's both. And apparently that's the end of the conversation. The mom doesn't argue with her anymore. She gets to go on her date. <laughs> Sure. They have Why a, not? An interesting relationship. So, time, uh, time, like many books and stories that we do, Sam, time has no meaning in this book. So, I don't know when this happens, but like the next evening, that evening, I don't know. One of the evenings, they have a pack meeting at the house. You don't notice it when you're reading the book, but when you try to explain it, you suddenly realize that authors and creative people take a lot of liberties with time. It's very true. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't be guilty of the same. It's just like, oh. That's a literary device you don't notice so you try to explain something coherently. Because <laughs> nothing makes sense timeline-wise. So the insurance money from the fires finally comes through, and they need to figure out where they're going to move long-term. I guess this is not a long-term solution for them. Well, that's too bad. And they need to figure out who will lead them. And there's a lot of dissent about leaving, which surprises Vivian. She didn't realize so many people wanted to stay. So some people like where they've landed. It's closer to the city. They've got jobs. But the interim leader thinks that they need to be away from the humans, especially with the five, because there's no way that the five of them are going to stay out of trouble. Of course not. They're going to murder again. Probably. <laughs> so there's some discussion that Gabriel should lead the pack. He's an obvious like figurehead in the pack. And, and, and a possible pedophile. And possibly. And Gabriel wants to leave the area. And a few other males stand up to argue their case as to why they should be the leader as well. It and only the no males, right? Yes. We'll get into that. Great. Uh, of, as of, just to note... The age, I think the age of adulthood in this pack is 16. No. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> no. So at 17, she's an adult. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, some people mature faster. This doesn't sound like her. Yeah, we'll get, I mean, we'll get into all the specifics of what happens here, but. Someone suggests voting and another is like, this isn't a democracy. And Aunt Persia, who apparently is 
up to Not this point, you just you heard her name. <laughs> yeah, Aunt Persia, the keeper of ancient magics. What steps? I don't know. Sam, what? That's just how she's introduced. What? <laughs> you can't just throw a keeper of ancient magics and be like, that nah, doesn't matter. She's apparently the person who's like the old wisdomy character who just keeps all of the ancient magics in her head and tells the stories. And like, there's always one of them. Sam, don't you have ancient magics just lying around your house? You can put them in store to be somewhat more convenient. <laughs> She's the keeper of ancient magic. She steps into the argument that's happening. She says it's time to choose their leader in the old way. Uh, ooh, Quote, unquote. Duck, duck, old, goose. Capital. Yes, duck, duck, goose. <laughs> That'd be so fun. It'd be cool. Oh, musical chairs. Musical chairs. That's the way to do it. Yes. That's vicious. It'd be fun with werewolves. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, why do the old ways have to be like a blood sport? Why can't it be something like Pinochle? It's 100% a blood sport. <laughs> of course it is. It's always a blood sport, Danielle. <laughs> so the group is shocked. Apparently that's not a thing anymore. And it involves like fighting and death, as we just said. Yeah, no duh. No duh. And also, like I pointed out, and you pointed out, only the males, because it's a patriarchal nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. Terrible. <laughs> so Aunt Persia insists that there, if there's no agreement between everybody as to who should lead, then the right must be won by combat. Uh, I disagree with Aunt Persia, so what are we going to do about this? <laughs> are not in their pack, so it doesn't matter. Dang. She's she's well respected, so I think kind of whatever she says goes. The five are very excited about the possibility of a fight, and the eldest male in the group tells them they're not of age, and they basically they have to shut up, and they're not pleased, and because uh, they are told that they can't participate. No, oh, the- we can't murder. <laughs> they're not, and as the meeting breaks up, they voice their opinions to Vivian. They want to stay in the city because it's more fun to be around the humans and harass them. They don't think they can get hurt because they'd get the humans first. Like if one was trying to hurt them, they'd be faster. And Vivian's like, "Yeah, this is how we lost everything to begin with," but they think. There's so many people in the city that they'd never be suspects. It's just, you know, there's more people to blame than the They're just morons. Them. Well, they're 17-year-old boys, Sam. Yeah, but even so, I'm like, that's some <laughs> dumbass moron logic for 17-year-olds. The crazy thing is, is like the entire pack knows that this is an issue, right? That yeah. Boys just run amok, werewolves amok, and <laughs> they do nothing. I know there's no leader, but they don't do anything about it. <laughs> Right, you've already lost half your pack in a fire, been driven from your previous home by their shenanigans. You're like, nah, boy wolves will be boy wolves. Yeah, it's just wild to me that there's there's just no supervision on these five teenagers. Insane. They're a hot mess, yeah. I mean, maybe this pack deserves what's coming to it. They clearly don't know how to manage themselves. Quite possibly. They've also heard that she's dating a meat boy, as they've termed him, and they're Aww, not pleased cute. about it. A meat boy. <laughs> I think it's cute. That's why I put it in there. yeah. So she gets ready for her date. She's a bit trepidatious about it, but it goes surprisingly well. And they meet up with Aiden's friends at an outdoor concert. Ooh, he has yeah. friends. He does. He has a good group of friends. Is it a fish concert? Because he's no, a hippie? It's some, I think it's some kind of indie group. I don't know. Sure. And they kiss towards the end of the night, but Vivian notices the five are watching from a hillside because outdoor concert, like I said, and she flips them off while she's making out with them. Yeah, I mean, I would too. So she spends more and more time with Aiden and it upsets Rafe. Apparently, like I said, they used to date before he killed someone for Axel. I guess that's the line. Prior to that, she was fine with him. <laughs> she needs better taste in men. Maybe this is it with Aiden. Maybe but this is it. Maybe Aiden's also terrible. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't out. know either. Well, I do know, but I'm yeah, not going to tell you. <laughs> Right. He thinks she doesn't understand the, that werewolves are made to hunt humans, and if she got a hint of human blood, she'd understand. Were they? I mean, 
let's let's back up here. You, I know you mentioned as a goddess and yada yada yada, but like I don't think werewolves would survive very long if they like were out in the open hunting humans. Well, funny you'd say that because Vivian reminds him that it's well established from the goddess, the Lady Moon, that gave sure. them the gift of change, that they yep, were warned great. not to kill humans, that killing them would be killing themselves. Perfect. Great. Oh, religion. Perfect sense. Great religion. No <laughs> notes. <laughs> Always good. Don't kill other humans. The next morning, they've set the date for the ordeal. It's one month out to allow any outsiders that want to challenge to come at the next full moon. What are they going to do? Like post on a bulletin board? I Werewolf challenge <laughs> night. <laughs> Word spreads. I don't know how. Nobody tells me. Psychic <laughs> they werewolves? They have a chat board. It's 97. Oh, they have a BBS. That's it. <laughs> so... So the current full moon is upon them, and Vivian tells Aiden that she's grounded and she can't leave for a week. And the night of the full moon, most of the pack goes to a nearby state park to run, but she stays behind. Uh, She wants to be alone. And unexpectedly, as she's, you know, about to change, Aiden shows up with wine and cheese and crawls into her window and tries to have a date night. Okay, Aiden, boundaries. Uh, (laughs) Also, wine and cheese, you're like, what, 17? Yeah, Uh, wild, right? Yeah, right, yeah. A little, like... I'm not saying, you know, not A for effort there, bud, but, like, let's tone it down a bit, right? <laughs> well, he thought he was being sweet because she was grounded, and he was like, well, I'll sneak in your window, and we'll have a little date. Uh, B, these are the kind of werewolves that only change one day a month, right? Uh, no, she can change whenever she wants. That I think they're kind of, like, f- I think they're more forced to change or feel the change. Like, they really need to change on their I find that moves. cheating. A, like, oh, well, they're going to change whatever they want. Like, that's not a werewolf. The curse is not a curse. That's the whole point. All right. Yeah, well, it's, I don't think it's a curse in this. It's a gift from the goddess, goddess the lady right, moon. <laughs> yeah, what what a gift to have to live in hiding. Great gift. Well, she's like all about her wolf side. Like she's she's totally, she's a very confident teenager. I mean, all things considered. She has sure. a very high self-esteem. Good for her. Yeah. I'm just saying, I find the werewolf mythos more interesting when it's not just like, oh, I can change whatever I want. It's just the thing I can do. Yeah, no, she changes. I'm pretty sure. From the story. <laughs> Great. So she's trying to fight the change, obviously, like parts of her body keep kind of like she's worried that her teeth are sharpening or claws, you know, that kind of stuff. And she finally pushes him out the door, telling him she's going to be sick. She thinks she's got the flu and he needs to leave her alone. She's like literally shoving him out the door. Like, Get out of here. Leave <laughs> away. Maybe he's into that kind of thing. You don't know. Take a chance. <laughs> So he does leave and she changes, but she's afraid to go out because now she's afraid his scent's going to be all over the yard that she might go after him. She's wondering if Rafe is right. Like maybe she'll want to eat him because she's attracted to him and it's like a whole thing. So she ends up staying in her house the entire night. Aww, that's like me every night though. So what's the big deal? Well, you don't have wolf inside of you that wants to run in the- You don't know me. Under the moon. That's true. You might. I don't know your life. <laughs> I should see if I've ever talked to you on a full moon. Yeah, yeah. I do look for that. So the next morning, she's downstairs, and there's a group there that's arguing about why women can't fight in the ordeal. Apparently, they're yeah, a different weight class. Yeah, you tell them, sister. Yeah, well, apparently, they're just a different weight class, and that's the end of it. Also- What? I don't, that's, that's the argument. Is like, well, they're too small, essentially, to fight in these battles. They're not powerful enough. There's no way they'd ever win. And somebody uh, else is like, well, they're like, they could be you know, better fighters or craftier fighters. Like, strength isn't everything. And they're like, nope, they're never going to win. That's- Ugh. And also you find out that there's a top female. I don't quite know how that's decided. Maybe with a fight. Who gets to be the king's mate? Like, just automatically. So you can fight to be the- mate yeah. of whoever wins the battle and apparently you can choose another mate but it has to be pack approved and you can't have kids without permission it's an actual nightmare sam <laughs> now this sounds like a dystopian you know handmaid's tale type situation question 
Can you tell from this book, is the author like, this is great? Or is the author like, no, this is bad? I think, I mean, there's a lot of argument around the power of women in this book. And like I said, she's a very strong female character in a lot of ways. And there's the argument that, like, sometimes even though the man is in charge, it doesn't mean the woman's not pulling all the strings from behind, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like all of that. So I don't think she's pro-patriarchal nonsense. I think she's – I think it's just that this is the story she's chosen to tell. And yes, there's a lot of infighting about this, but – in the end, you'll see what happens, and I don't want to ruin the oh, Okay, story. all right. I just want to feel like, how angry should I be about this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm an, I'm angry. Whether or not it ends well, I'm still angry about it. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that was sort of what I was getting at. I was like, I, should, uh, I meant more angry about the book, not angry about the people in the book. Yeah, I don't know where she comes out on this. Um, I, I have thoughts about this book as a whole, which we can discuss at the end. But Okay, great. Yeah. Didn't mean to jump ahead, just trying to ground myself. Especially since it's a well-known and well-liked book. And I, yeah. I think that's an, I think it's a little bit like Twilight. Like there's some issues, mm, yeah. <laughs> things that they're teaching yeah. children that maybe aren't great. Oof. So she, she decides to continue with Aiden even after all of the little bit of a fiasco that she had. And she notes that no matter how much time she spends with him, Aiden is always really careful with her as if he's afraid to scare her off. She's talking about sexually while they're making out and all of that. Aw, he's a, he's a considerate boy. Yeah. So she thought this was kind of funny because she's very comfortable with her sexuality and he's like afraid to hurt her. And she has the internal monologue. Soon, maybe, I'll let you know how scared I'm not. Uh. <laughs> and our little narrator wrote on the corner of the page, sex. <laughs> okay, first off, uh, are all the notes just like bringing the subtext to the text? Yes. Great. Almost all of them. At the beginning of the chapters, the person wrote, I assume it was female. It may not have been. I could be stereotyping this. But the person wrote like uh, kind of not a, exactly a summary, but a couple bullet points about what happens in the chapter. So That's clearly convenient. like that was yeah, to remind like what was going on, which totally made sense to me. And then some stuff is like insightful, but a lot of the stuff is just like just bluntly saying <laughs> what the actual yeah. thing is. Telling us on the page, which I think is, that's my those are my favorite ones. I can tell. Also, <laughs> the phrase "I'll soon show you how scared I'm not" is clunky. It is it's terrible. I had to read it a few times. I was like, yeah. "Wait, what?" But yeah, no, that does like that does, uh, did not know where you were going with that sentence, and it did not make like it took you a while to process it. <laughs> me too. Me too. Okay. <laughs> but luckily, I had the writer on the side that said sex, and I was like, "Oh, ah, okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I take it all back. Super helpful notes. Thank you." All right. <laughs> so the 4th of July rolls around. Uh, they've hit summer break. And after the fireworks show, Aiden and her are walking home. And they stop to have a makeout sesh, I Quick guess, question. in the woods. Yeah. Fireworks. Do they affect the werewolves like they affect regular dogs? Or like hiding no, other they beds? seem totally fine. <laughs> oh, okay. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, she's at the fireworks show. She's enjoying it. They, I start to walk home. They walk through the woods. Like I said, they start to have a makeout sesh. I guess the mood takes them there. And she hears a noise in the distance and she, they're actually about to have sex. Let's be as clear as possible. But she hears a noise in the distance and realizes that the wolves are on a run, like the wolf pack. So it's not a safe place for some nookie because the wolves will stumble across him. A hundred percent. She holds Aiden down on the ground out of view as they parade past, telling him they're a pack of dogs and to be cautious because, you know, packs of dogs can be pretty wild in groups. And she sees Astrid in the lead and realizes it's mostly Astrid's age mates and the five. So none of the elders are there, which makes sense since they'd never approve of a run so close to the public because it's like through the park where the parade, you know, the fourth July right, I got So 
Astrid is her mother's sexual rival, right? Yes. My understanding, and this okay. is like much later in the book, I was curious how old Astrid was. It sounds like she's in her maybe early 30s. Yeah, but she's thrown in with the five. She, yeah, so kind of. Like, she might be late 20s. I don't know. She's somewhere, I'd say, let's say 30. She's 30. Mom is probably like 38, 39, because it said she was close to 40. And she's, Vivian's 17. Gabriel's 24. And so both Astrid, who's 30, and the mom, who's close to 40, are vying after Gabriel. Interesting, that's fine, whatever. But my point is, why is she hanging out with all these children? Well, she's not just with the children. She's also with her own age mates, quote unquote, which is people her own age. So okay. the, the people in the middle of the the 30-year-olds. So the young the kids are, are like following the older kids as they're going on their like, run through the woods. Yeah, so the 17-year-olds. And Astrid is like, you find out this as you kind of go along. You find out a little bit more about Astrid. But you get the sense that she's kind of a little bit of a wild card in the pack. Like they're not sure she's going after Gabriel because she wants to be queen of the pack, essentially. But she's she's very like, let's run through the humans. We should, you know, eat the humans kind of thing. Like that's yeah, just that. That side never of goes the wrong. I mean, humans aren't <laughs> amazing at killing things for better or worse. Right. So she's basically the, whatever, the antithesis to Vivian, who's more like, we should be in the woods alone, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So the mood is lost for the sexy times, and she sends Aiden home, afraid he'll be targeted, because Astrid doesn't like her. Poor Aiden. Rudy, who I think is maybe the interim pack leader. I have a really hard time Rudy? with names in this book. His name's so Rudy. There's a new guy, Rudy. Got yeah, it. Yeah, new, new Rudy. New Rudy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suggests. New Rudy. She, so Rudy, I think, lives in their house, maybe? Like, he's... What? I don't know. I think they share a house with Rudy. I think it's Rudy and her mom and her are, like, the three people who live in this house. But okay, Rudy sure, and, her, why and the not? mom aren't together, I don't think. I think he's just... I think just... He's there a lot. <laughs> All right. You're, you don't care. Let's just go. I assume... That maybe Rudy's there because her mom used to be queen and he's interim leader. So maybe it's like like not together together, but they're running stuff together. Okay, that's way more explanation than we needed about Rudy. You asked about new Rudy. Vivian goes and tells him about what's happening and he suggests that she tell Gabriel about the run. And Vivian's mad about that because he's like, she's not the leader yet. You know, Rudy's technically the interim leader. And Rudy's like, listen, Astra's not going to listen to anybody besides Gabriel. He's the only person that she respects because she fears him. So mm. that's who you need to tell about this because he's the only one who can do anything about it. And she doesn't want Gabriel to lead the pack because she doesn't believe in running the pack through violence because her father wasn't like that. He was much more, sounds like more democratic, perhaps. And Rudy insists that's the only way to keep most of them in line, that Gabriel was the one who got them out of West Virginia and into Maryland. And like, that's what the pack needs now is somebody who's a strong figure, not a, you know, like only a thinker. You need somebody who's a doer as well. Sure. All right. Whatever. Rudy understands the pack will not follow him, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So the next night, they go to find Gabriel, who's at Tuli's, and that's the bar that her mom works at. And Rudy goes in to get him, and Vivian is harassed by a biker out front who's, like, sexually, whatever, trying to get to her. Gabriel steps in to interrupt, acknowledging her as his sister, and the biker who knows him backs the heck up. He's afraid of Gabriel. No, who wouldn't be? I know. So Vivian's mad, telling him she could have handled it, and he agrees with her to her surprise, but says that he wanted to hear about the news that she brought him, so he interrupted because he didn't have time for, like, all that. (laughs) So she tells him about the run and who was involved, and Gabriel's not pleased about it. Gabriel's not pleased about it. Gabriel. (laughs) I want to say, in my head, I think I say Gabriel. (laughs) I'll be honest. Okay. So that night, they go to Tuli's again for dinner, and one of the wolves in the run comes stumbling in, and he's pretty beaten up. Apparently, Gabriel made a point with him, specifically. And Astrid is up in arms about how he's treating them and how he's a danger to the pack, but you can tell the pack that are at the bar think that she's causing more trouble than 
not. And they go to take the man to the hospital and Gabriel blocks the entrance of the bar. And he suggests to the group that it's not healthy to party with Astrid right now. And he'd advise against it. It's a threat, obviously. <laughs> I got it. I, yo. Just making sure you're, you're keeping up. I didn't need our narrator to write down threat in parentheses to figure it out. They might have. I didn't write anything down. <laughs> So sometime later, I don't know, a uh, day, week, who knows, she's meeting up with Aiden again, Vivian, and her mom isn't pleased and tells her to pick from one of the five. And Vivian's like, they're jerks. I'm not not going with them. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. And her mom agrees, but she's like, there are jerks. You know what to expect from them. And that Aiden will never understand her and she can't tell. So it's the devil you know kind of thing. Yeah. And she's like, you can't tell him what you are. And if it, if you did, it would bring danger back to the pack. So like, don't be with humans. It's a dumb choice. Can you imagine if you lived in a group where your only choice were like five These five people? jerks? <laughs> Be terrible. No, thank you. So she makes it to Aiden's house and Aiden is leaving in a huff. I guess his dad told him that he needed to see a therapist because he's like too into magic and dark stuff. That Does they he think play he's a D&D? Sa- is this like part of that whole <laughs> D&D scare that was dumb? He probably does play D&D. They think he's a Satanist. But he's just into the unknown. And isn't it okay to be different? And he doesn't understand why his parents don't understand him. But apparently his aunt sent the parents a book about teenagers listening to heavy metal records backwards and committing Uh, suicide. uh, And it included a pamphlet called 10 Signs Your Child Has Sold a Soul to the Devil. (laughs) That is... mm. So now they're convinced that he needs therapy. And Vivian's laughing and he thanks her for never judging him and accepting him as he is. And, you know, she's just so great to him. And she wonders if he would accept her for who she is. He won't. You never know, Sam. You don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just (laughs) ruining her good time. Maybe she ends up with a human. During their date, they're hanging out with all their friends at a restaurant when Gabriel drives up nearby on his motorcycle. She ignores him, but the conversation stops when his hand appears on her shoulder. And she tells the group that it's a friend of her mother's and... Basically, is like, get your hands off of me. <laughs> yeah. Why are you touching me, Gabriel? If that <laughs> is your real name. <laughs> it's true. They don't know. Instead, he squeezes her shoulder and tells her to let him go and walks off. <laughs> don't know. Let Adrian go? I have to assume. Okay. Like, let the, he- let the meat boy go. <laughs> All right. Next chapter. Uh, our narrator says, ordeal starts. Oh, Thank okay. <laughs> the ordeal starts. So if we're looking at the... You know, the hero's journey here, right? We're on step... I don't remember how... I don't remember the hero's journey. It's all the 12 steps, but it's one of them. Except it's an actual ordeal. I guess oh. the ordeal is starting. They're in some Oh, part. you They're mean the fight, fight ordeal. Oh. Uh, I thought it was but yeah, the, metaphorical. Sure. Yeah. I thought it was the hero's ordeal. Uh-oh. <laughs> I forgot I forgot our, our note maker is much more literal than... than our handy narrator. <laughs> yeah. All right. Gabriel's shirtless and super hot and Vivian's yeah, what else kind, is of, new? kind of all for that. But uh, apparently Rafe's new person is Astrid. He's dating her. Yeah, or at least they're making out. I don't know if they're dating, but they're and definitely she's like, 30-ish, 28. Yeah, I don't and know, he's 17? He's 17-ish. 16-ish. He could be 18. He could no, no. He, he's – they were 16 when the fire happened. It's been a year later. They're at least 17. No, he might because be you said they couldn't participate in the fight because they were No, because not- the – coming – okay, so the the age uh, – this is confusing. So that, the yes, age, it is. The age – don't ask me why. The age of adulthood technically is 21 to fight is in the fight for the – to be pack leader. But I think the age of, like, anything else, kind of like how the United States has 18 for, like, cigarettes and 21 for alcohol, is 16. So, like, she is a candidate for... 
being the female queen or whatever, Vivian, because she's 17. So she's old enough. She could potentially be it. But she can't fight in the battle. Like if she, if somehow they allowed females into the actual battle for the leadership position, she'd have to wait till she's 21. So old enough to date the adults, not old enough to fight in the fight. 100%. <laughs> this makes no sense. I just let you know what the rules are. I don't like those rules. Well, I didn't think about it that much till you asked, so. <laughs> well, there you go. So he's dating, like I said, Rafe is dating Astrid. He could be 18 at this point. It's quite possible they're around the same age, so 17-ish, but he could be 18. Still, Astrid seems immature. Yes. This is only a problem because Astrid's gunning for lead wolf, so if Gabriel wins, she won't be with Rafe anymore, which Rafe doesn't seem to quite understand. And I guess... It doesn't sound like he's the brightest. No, and in this, you do find out that one of the five does actually have a parent, because I wasn't sure up to that point, because a character comes up named Renata, and she's giving Astrid the stink eye because she says if that woman touches her son, Gregory, he's one of the five, she's going to murder her. Sure. So, yeah. She's not pro Astrid dating 17, 18 year olds. Oh, who would be? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it's frowned upon, but not frowned upon enough that anybody's stopping it. <laughs> Wild. So Renata asks Vivian if she's going to make a play for being queen because, like I said, she's 17 or something and is one of the is, is allowable age. So and she can't fight for king but can be mated as queen. Yeah. So she. Gross. Yeah. Gross. So no matter what, the person who she's going to, if she ended up mating with them, she would be 17 and he, they would be at least 21 because they have to be 21 to fight. This is so like child bride creepy <laughs> it's stuff. So weird. Why not make her a year or two older? Why? <laughs> or, like, not have this whole queen thing go on. I mean, I guess for the love triangle, presumably, but You need still. it for the plot. Yeah. So Vivian's not. No, she doesn't want to be queen, but apparently Esme is. She was the previous queen. She's going to fight for it again, or whatever, put her shoe in. Uh, the crowd is gathering, and there are a good handful of outsiders looking to fight for pack leader, but only one looks to Vivian to be a potential threat against Gabriel, because this blonde guy. And Gabriel's in the lead to be the current pack leader, obviously. There are other sure. options, but we've only focused on Gabriel, so chances are high. <laughs> I understand how stories work. <laughs> they start the ordeal speaking the words of the law. I'll read them to you, Sam. Oh, yes. Thank you. I need <laughs> clarification on their laws. <laughs> when a leader dies by the teeth of a wolf, then the challenger leads the pack. When a leader dies by the teeth of fate, then ordeal is called, for only the swift and strong may lead. All willing adults may stand and fight, and fight they will while they stand. But when the first drop of blood is shed, a fighter must stand aside. The final pair may fight to the death if neither will yield till he's died. So speaks the law. Didn't specify only men could fight. We'll get into that in just a second. <laughs> Good. I figured we would. So the MC asks for the brothers to pay their respects to the moon, and the men involved begin stripping. I guess that's the respect. The respect is being nudie in the moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> But the ordeal is halted by Astrid, who steps into the group and says, Ancestors! And goes on to argue that the law says any adult may stand and fight. And she yeah, you him. go, Astrid. You're <laughs> kind of still terrible, but, you know, equality, I guess? I am. This is the one time in the story where I'm like, I kind of feel for Astrid. Like, she's just trying to lead the back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she'd be a terrible leader, but at least she's trying. The MC is like, but it's tradition. And before it can devolve into a huge argument, Gabriel silences the crowd and allows her to fight. I, don't, I guess he gets to make the decision. Sure, why not? But don't worry. Gabriel's not actually being a feminist, Sam. I didn't want you to think for a second that maybe Gabriel actually No, has I didn't expect that from him at all. He just says that the reading of the law is correct, it's just tradition, and it has a good reason to be tradition, so Astrid is welcome to give them a practical demonstration as to why it's the tradition. 
that that woman can't be in there. Yeah, basically, uh-huh, like uh-huh. Astrid's never gonna win this. So, like, let her show everybody why women can't fight this battle. This sounds like some Billie Jean King stuff. <laughs> Wild man. Except I wish it ended that all the women won and they live happily ever after. Yeah, all of course the men not. disappear. Vivian's confused as to why she'd even try, like Astrid would even try, because she's clearly not strong enough to actually necessarily win this battle. But Esme suggests that she doesn't expect to win, she just wants to give a good showing to put herself ahead for a position of queen. So if she can take down some of the men, then she's, you know, a potential good candidate for a queen. Sure, whatever. I mean, I kind of don't really care if Astrid succeeds or not because she's terrible. (laughs) The five then try to argue the word adults, but apparently that doesn't fly because there's an actual law about that. They have to be 21, as I explained. Okay. (laughs) They're all mad about it. How do we know you didn't make that up? He's like, nobody Uh, would lie about the law. (laughs) All laws are made up, Danielle. That's sort of how society works. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But it's in their law, and therefore it's forever. I don't know, Sam. So the fight begins, and Gabriel charges down the line of contenders and swipes directly at Astrid, drawing blood. (laughs) It was really quick. (laughs) Nope, she's out. Good for her. <laughs> she calls him a cheater and she charges him and he tosses her aside like a rag doll. And the next chapter, ordeal continues. Thank you, narrator. Pritzen. What? About the end of the no chapter, she's getting her butt kicked? <laughs> yeah. Give or take. I mean, it was close. <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> All right. No taker. Ordeal continues. Noted. I'll make that note. (laughs) The rest of the fight begins and the other men coming forward uh, only until Gabriel and the blonde stranger are left. Um, That's the one that Vivian thought might actually... Are they in wolf form? I didn't even ask. Yes, they did. They switched. They're kind of like... Um, it's a little unclear in the text, but they definitely have at least half wolf, if not full wolf at this point. So are these like werewolves in the traditional sense where they are like It sounds man like they're just wolves, big wolves. Or they're just like yeah, large actual dogs. Wolf it dogs. sounds like they're just big wolves. And they're not exactly wolves. It's clear in the, the story that like they're they look a lot like wolves, but they're not like actual wolves. Right. Okay. But they're big wolves. That's less fun than the body horror of like an American werewolf in London or something. No, if you saw them out and about, you'd just think they were just a ginormous wolf. Okay. All right. Boo. Boo. The blonde refuses to yield and they fight to the death. Gabriel Is he a finally- blonde wolf? No, I don't <laughs> Sorry, know. Was <laughs> they don't, I don't think they say what his wolf looks like when he turns. Right. Maybe. I see, you know, I was kind of skimming at this point because I had read it once and I was I don't know how you like, like, oh, that looks like Gabriel as a wolf. I'm like, what does what a person look like as a dog? Would they be recognizable? I don't know. They, I'm sure they all look slightly different in their wolf forms. I'm sure they have like scents and stuff too, but just it'd be funny if it was like he had a, a shock of blonde hair on his wolf head. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Gabriel finally grabs hold of his ruff and snaps his neck. And the audience yips and cheers until broken by the sound. Yeah. Well, that's because they're all wolves now. I got it, Danielle. It's a very funny word. Yay, murder! They all yip and cheer, and everybody's really excited until the excitement is broken by the sound of Esme's scream. Uh, Vivian looks over. Startled by that? What? Yeah. Vivian looks over and sees that Astrid has straddled her, trying to get a hold of her neck. Why? Why? Because they're fighting for the same man. In blind furry that someone would ambush not only her mother, but the previous queen of the pack, 
She and nobody's doing anything. She charges the two and tackles Astrid, finally prying her off her mother and getting a hold of her. Afraid she'll get up if she lets go, she keeps at her, tearing onto her face and neck. And As she a goes human in, or a wolf? I don't know. Wolf. They're wolves. Okay. They're all wolves now. I didn't know if like the crowd was watching as humans. No, they're all. Okay. As far as I know, they're all wolves. So she goes in for the final kill. Astrid's like a bloody mess on the ground. She goes in for the final kill, and she's interrupted by a run of female wolves who herd her away from Astrid, who's like I said, out for the count, stopping her from killing the woman. That's too bad. Yeah, I'm sure that won't be a problem later. No, not at all. <laughs> As she comes out of her rage, she realizes that the entire pack is watching her, and she starts to freak out. Oh, uh, no, like she's just... been made queen! Yeah, she has. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> she thinks she's ruined the ordeal, but it turns out she's just the queen, and she's like, oh, God. <laughs> and Why? She's, freaked... she's equally freaked out by the fact that, like, she got so into the zone while she was fighting Astrid that she feels like she's just as bad as everybody else, because the thirst for blood is in her, too. The need to kill was in her, and it's just yeah, like... Yeah. Freaking her out. I know. It's hard to deal with your internal demons. All right. To her surprise, Aunt Persia steps forward and suddenly crouches in front of her, ears laid flat, and she rolls over on her back, exposing her belly. Then one by one, all the other females do the same. And yeah, she's queen. Great. Great. Oh, that's so creepy. (laughs) This is like, she wasn't, I mean, you have to try for it, right? Apparently this was the fight and she threw herself into it, whether or not she meant to. So- so I thought the queen thing was like a different way, and it was just a separate fight that happened concurrently with the king fight? Okay, so it is, it is never clear to me. Maybe it's clear in the book, and I just kind of didn't understand it, as to what the actual fight is for the queen. Is there an actual fight? Is it just whoever's strongest? Do they elect it? Like, I don't know. But apparently when Astrid jumped on Esme's back, that started a fight for the queenship. Like, there wasn't an official ceremony. that That's what confuses her at the end of it, is that yeah. she's like, I thought there'd be that like a confusing. ceremony or like, is this for real? But apparently because she won out against all the other women, and in reality, there aren't that many women in the pack. She just had never thought about the fact that she was like, was obviously one of the candidates because there's only three people that could potentially be the queen. This is nonsense. The whole wolf law is nonsense. <laughs> wolf law. <laughs> we need a wolf lawyer here to explain wolf law and why it's not nonsense. I think it's nonsense. They should have signed a contract with the humans like in Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a great way to do it. <laughs> Wolf law. There Attorney is a need, law. Apparently, yeah, apparently there is a need for wolf law. This <laughs> is the thing. It keeps coming back up for some reason. So this is where she realized Esme's alive. She's all like relieved to see that she's, you know, not dead. But then she suddenly realizes that she's Gabriel's mate. And she's like, oh, no. And she takes off, escaping the ceremony as Gabriel chases after her. So she gets no say in the matter. It's not like she wanted to be queen. She is just forced to be mated to Gabriel. Um... Technically. We'll kind of get into this a little bit shortly. Hang on. Because consent is kind of a big deal. Hold, please. What are you doing? No, I'm just telling you that we'll find out in a minute. (laughs) Oh, thought your notes messed up or something. No. So she runs off. He's running after her. Apparently she runs for hours and hours and hours. She finally loses him and she makes it back home where she shifts back into her human self and climbs into her bedroom window. I don't know why she doesn't go in the front door. It's mystery. <laughs> More fun, Danielle. Like like that like Sam in Clarissa Explains It All. <laughs> exactly. So she decides as she's laying there that she's going to suggest that Gabriel go to another pack to find a mate because surely they're not going to make her mate against her will. And that makes uh, her feel better. And then she falls asleep. She ought to understand a lot about human slash wolf nature and history if she thinks that. <laughs> so, well, I guess we'll find out. 
Esme wakes her up the next morning and is like, it's fine. I get it. You're embarrassed because you ran away, but you can totally handle handle Gabriel. You're going to love it. I'm proud of you. Good job. Like, you're going to no. be the great pair. And she's what like, about her feelings? Well, apparently that's the conversation. Vivian never says to her specifically, like, that's not what I'm upset about, mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't embarrassed that I had to mate with Gabriel. I don't want to. So you think as wolves or humans? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but I think they can do either, to be honest. It seems Weird. to suggest Does they the can do either. Does the fetus change with the mother? If they, that, there's a lot of questions I'm getting into here. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, Sam. That's true of all werewolves. I don't know how werewolf mating works. Well, because in like traditional werewolves, they're not bred. They're like you bite them and they become a wolf. It's true. So. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's fine. They, they're just special little fidei so they can do whatever they need to do. Because like a wolf can have a litter. Yeah, maybe they're – I think they mentioned triplets and stuff a couple times, so I bet that's probably common to have more than one child. That'd be so bad for humans, though. We're not equipped for that a lot. <laughs> I just don't think they – like, there's just not that many of them that – Also, don't, like, wolves have, like, six teeth? And so how does that work? I don't – Sam, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I think they look like – maybe they – maybe the – I don't know how soon the babies can change into wolves. It doesn't, like, go into how all that works. <laughs> I, this, these are the questions that demand answers, Daniel. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, this, but maybe in Blood and Chocolate 2, Chocolate Boogaloo. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a way for what? I'm going to say Wolf Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, electric Wolf Wolfaloo. <laughs> werewolves amok. They, werewolves amok, of course. That's it. All right, done. <laughs> it's all about raising the babies. Oh, uh, I would love like a like Muppet baby or like, you know, baby comedy about wolf werewolf babies. That'd be so good. <laughs> well, this is not that book. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So she gets a phone call from Aiden. They've agreed to see each other the next day. She asks him to think about what it would be like if she was a magical creature like a wolf. And she promises to show him when she sees him. And he's like, okay, honey. <laughs> he's like, I'm into it? <laughs> he is. I mean, he's all I mean, he's, magic. If he's a and- D&D nerd, he's down to clown. <laughs> So when she finally makes it downstairs, Gabriel is waiting. He makes her bagel and tries to convince her that he's not that bad. But then he force kisses her. So he is that bad. He is that bad. <laughs> she tries to knee him in the groin and he kind of laughs it off. And he vows to court her until she falls for him. And then she, he leaves. Yes. Sexual assault is a great courting method. Yeah. It works well for him. Because they're alphas, Sam. They can't help themselves. Uh, boo. Bad Agreed. <laughs> Not true in nature or for humans. So she meets up with Aiden and is nervous because she plans to show him her beast. And she tries. That's a metaphor, right? <laughs> yes, they're having sex. Sam. No, no. Did uh, did your helpful narration person put that in the notes there? Not that I wrote down, but okay. she might. They might have written sex on the. <laughs> okay. She tries to talk it up, telling him how he likes magic and being different and how he wanted something special in his life and she can show him something beyond his imagining. Then she transforms into her wolf. So, like, this is the part that is unfortunate for her because she's just a regular dog. And you're like, oh, cool, you're just a dog. It's all like a wolf-human hybrid thing. Okay, well, she's like, as she's transforming, it goes poorly. She's apparently transforming kind of slowly. I don't know why. And he starts freaking out and yeah. he like tells her to leave. And he, she's like, I really look pretty when I'm a wolf. Wait. And then she's like, he's freaked out that she's a wolf. It just, it doesn't go well. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what I expected. This seems a little extreme, but also like, she's a werewolf. You got to expect something like this is going to happen. This story is very, um, there's a couple of, of interactions that you'll see later, but 
the story is very much on the side that humans will will 100% never accept a werewolf ever, 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 ever. I don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't think that's true either. I think it's a lie. I think it's way over the top. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I I feel like if anyone would have, he would have been okay with it. You would think so, but I think the whole point of this is, like, she thought she could trust him, at least in this moment, because he was all woo-woo stuff. I get the the book's going out, but I think, like, it's, I think it's a character assassination on Aiden. Yeah, I mean, maybe he comes around. We'll find out. Nah. (laughs) So the last thing she remembers is dashing out his window away from him because she was, like, really upset by his reaction. Reasonable. She wakes up in her bed covered in blood. and <gasps> Oh, she killed a, a chicken. Yeah, apparently sometimes in moments of great distress, the change happens so rapidly that you lose your memory, like a hangover situation. Sure, what's well, mixed stuff up now? Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what they, they tell us. <laughs> So she's worried something bad happened, but she's really hopeful that maybe she just killed an animal. But then she's suddenly deeply afraid that she accidentally killed Aiden. And so she calls his house, but he picks up the phone and she hangs up before she talks to him, thankful that at least if she did kill someone, it wasn't him. At least it wasn't dreamy Aiden. At least it wasn't Aiden. Do their clothes transform too? Sorry. <laughs> I think they always take them off. So my guess is that it would rip if they transformed into So a- she was like... Hey, Aiden, I got something special to show you. And she gets naked in front of him. And he's <laughs> That's like, That's a good yes, point. I don't know. Yes, I don't remember how yes. it worked. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, close your eyes. Just the rest. He's like, oh, gosh, it's happening. And then he's like, oh, oh, no, it's a wolf in front of me. What's going on? Yeah, you're right. I have no idea if I can't remember what happened in that scene, if she took off her clothes or not. Because I feel like at that point, it makes more sense to the reaction because he was expecting something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> So she heads downstairs and after she cleans up and while she's eating breakfast, she hears sirens rushing past and she leaves her food behind to follow the cars. And the sirens, like, please stop over at Thule's bar where there's been a wild animal attack in the alley. And, oh no, who's dead? Oh no. Rafe asks her if she saw anything because he saw her heading towards that part of town last night in her wolf skin. And she's like, you know, obviously she's like, no, yeah, like, what was I? I don't, you know, not a big deal, whatever. Like, obviously I didn't kill this person. <laughs> Leave me alone, Rafe. <laughs> right. Is it the biker? Uh, no. Right. Just some random person. We don't know who it is. Okay. Not important enough to get a name in this book or a cameo. Yeah. Gabriel comes over to hear the whole story from Esme since she works at Thule's. So she's got like insider knowledge on the situation. And they're worried it will happen again because as I said earlier, apparently if you kill once, you can't stop. Which begs the question, why did they let the five Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Also, like, no. I mean, people kill for all kinds of reasons, which none of which are justified, to be very clear. But, like, a crime of passion is usually something that's like a certain circumstance brought up. Like, they're going to become a serial killer because of that. Right. But apparently they're saying that, like, if a wolf kills a human, then – or a werewolf kills a human, then they continue to kill humans. It's just I got like, that. I'm just saying that's nonsense. Yeah, I agree. But that's what they say. They say it's just, like, it happens almost every time. So Vivian has a good pity fest about herself. She's eating chocolate and listening to sad music. This is Chocolate's like Chocolate's not good for dogs. Well, yeah, and it's one of the few times <laughs> there's only two times that chocolate's mentioned in the story, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, but is it mentioned like, oh, you probably shouldn't eat that, it's gonna do heck to your liver or something. No, apparently it's fine for human wolves. And I want you to know that the uh note taker underlined the words Depression? No. Chocolate? They- Underlined the words comforted herself with chocolate, dream, and blood, and then wrote in the notes, teen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess teenage years were chocolate, dreams, and blood. <laughs> I mean, I have more chocolate in my adult life than as a child, but sure. <laughs> that was funny. 
So she's worried about Aiden and what he knows now and what it will look like that there was an animal murder, like a supposed animal murder shortly after she left him. But she can't convince him to talk to her for any real length of time or believe what she's saying when she does talk to him. Um, so she kind of gives up. But walking in town later, Gabriel sidles up on his motorcycle. She's decided she's going to go to the concert that he's at, that Aiden's at. Oh, okay. See if she can, I don't know, see him, talk to him some more. I don't know. But Gabriel sidles up on his motorcycle. He tells her he heard that she had broken up with her boyfriend. And Who, he does, What? Where, where's she, the scuttlebutt coming from? That's what she says. She's like, why does everybody know this? <laughs> like, she also is perplexed. And he doesn't get why anybody would ever break up with her. And if she ever wants to talk, he's actually a really good listener, despite apparently all evidence to the contrary. Yeah, aside from the sexual assault, I'm a really great guy. And he'll help her out with anything that comes up. She's like almost tempted for a second, but then is like, no, wait. I don't like you. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awful. So he's heading out of town. He's checking out local packs to see if they have any rogue wolves out that might be causing the trouble. This is where I think he mentions he's going to Pennsylvania or something to check out the pack there. And as they're talking, she sees Aiden across the way with his friends heading to the concert that, like I said, she was going to. And as they go by, she presses a kiss to Gabriel's lips, leans in to try and make, to make Aiden him jealous. jealous. Yeah. Oh, she like panics. are idiots. I know. And not one to pass up sexy time. Gabriel obviously goes all in on that. And then when he pulls away, he tells her not to use him and then drives off. <laughs> Wait, how does he know? But he does. He knows she's using to make her actual love interest jealous, but it's like, yeah, I'll go with it anyway. Yeah, because he likes her. Trash. <laughs> so she sits behind Aiden's group at the concert, but is kind of disconcerted to see that he's already moved on to Kelly. This is another girl in the group and who, is in, who liked him. And she finally leaves the show and she walks back home. And as she's walking through the forest, she's approached by Rafe in the woods. And he asks why she doesn't just take care of Aiden because he deserves it. And she's like, I'm not going to kill him. Like, <laughs> what? These guys are so... They are a real liability to the wolf pack. They made a mistake letting them live. I don't say that lightly. After she chased, she like jumps rave. She's like for saying that, you know? And then uh, she ends up crying after she does that. And he hands her a bottle of alcohol that he had on him and tells her it won't solve anything, but it might help her for a little while. And he leaves. So now completely drunk. She heads to Kelly's house, the girl that was with Eden. She just makes all the good decisions. <laughs> she sneaks into Kelly's bedroom and she rips up her clothes and bedspreads, leaves the bottle behind. Like, she just, like, ruins her room. And she wakes up later again in her bed with a very limited memory of the night before. She's pretty sure she didn't go to Aiden's after she went to Kelly's, but up to uh, past Kelly's house. She doesn't really remember. So there's no blood. She's relieved to see. She, like, checks her nails and everything, but she is covered in mud. And as she goes to climb out of the bed, a human hand falls to the floor. Oh, no. She murdered again. Oh, uh, no. It's not clearly been- Kelly. <laughs> it's cl- no, it's not. It's a male hand. She's the not hands- Aiden. <laughs> it's been gnawed off and the marrow has been sucked from it, from the bones. Can dogs suck? Werewolves apparently can. <laughs> I'm just, I, like, I don't know about the anatomy of like, I know like, the chew on bones for the marrow, but I don't know if they can like, they have like the the lips and cheeks and like lungs to do sucking, like if the anatomy is correct. I don't know. Maybe they do it as humans. Fair point. All right. <laughs> so she realizes suddenly that the hand has the fingers have a skull ring on it, and that's the same one the biker who hit on her was wearing. Okay, before. so he isn't going to die. I knew he came back into it I eventually. Was impressed. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so desperate to hide the hand, she obviously runs into the woods, and she ends up burying it pretty deep. 
Well, she's she a dog. That's what they do. I know. So it's probably hidden pretty well because if she can't smell it, others can't. So she comes back into the house and news of the murder has already spread. And they're interrupted as they're talking about it by a radio announcement that says there's been an anonymous phone tip regarding the beast murders that they may be the work of werewolves. What? This is just like, <laughs> hey, everybody, we got a tip that werewolves exist and they're murdering people. We're going to put that on the news. Apparently the newscaster is kind of laughing a little bit while he says it. But yeah, it did make the news like it was Why? a real thing. <laughs> Why? Never make the news. <laughs> she wonders if maybe Aiden was the one that called the tip in because she didn't recall him telling him there was more than one. And the way that the presenter had said it sounded like multiple. And so she's like worried that maybe he knows if it was Aiden, that he knows that there's more than just her. He knows too much. Yeah, like she thought earlier. And then, as all this is happening, two police show up at the door. Her mom's new boyfriend, which is like one of the new guys in town, runs off to get Gabriel, and the police come in. She moves on quickly, her mom. Yeah, I think she's just, you know, looking for somebody. Looking for love. She's not going to stand in the way of her daughter getting with the you know king of the pack. Sure, I guess. <laughs> Did they really Even say king and queen in the book? No, I think they say maybe leader of the pack. Because that's a song, isn't it? It leader is. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, that song. He's on a motorcycle. And he does die, so. He does die. I don't know if Gabriel's going to die. We'll find out. Mm. Um, but I don't know what they call it, to be honest. I think they just say leader. Okay. And I don't know what they call the queen. I can't remember. They don't. I don't think they call it queen. Can't call her leader. That'd be too equal. <laughs> Um, so, like I said, police to the door, one of them runs off to go get Gabriel, and it becomes apparent quickly that they're there not to question her about the murders, which is what she originally thought, but to question her about the destruction of Kelly's bedroom. Uh-oh. I mean, duh. Yeah. yeah. Gabriel interrupts the conversation to tell them she was with him the whole night, but obviously Esme and Gabriel know it was her, so please leave. Yeah. Because she has an alibi. Mm-hmm. So the pack sets up patrols trying to catch or at least stop the creature that's murdering. And to his credit, he pairs up people who are not normally paired up so that, like, it's unlikely that, you know, somebody's covering for someone else if they are the murderer. To Gabriel's credit, you mean? Yeah, he's the one okay. that's leading this. And um, while all this is happening and she gets home from that meeting, a note is dropped off by Aiden's friend Quinn, I think it was, wanting to meet her at two in the morning down by the river. And to she's kind kill of, her with a silver bullet. Yeah, maybe. So she's annoyed by the letter and she like shoves it back at Quinn and is like, tell him to shove it up his butt or whatever she says. <laughs> Why is she not like going to at least talk? This is a problem. He probably has an innocent explanation for everything that's going on or at least is like going to tell her to like back off or something. Why is she like, I don't want to talk to him. That might solve my problems. I think she's just being surly and yeah, and upset a about I get the whole it. thing. Yeah. But they sabotage themselves, my point. Yeah. So now she's like obviously having the conversation with herself about whether or not she should meet him. Will he try to kill her? She doesn't think he's a killer. But if she doesn't meet up with him, will he stalk her? Will he realize there's more than just her if he hasn't already? Like, so they can be killed normally. Him? You don't need the silver bullet for these wolves. No, you need... You need to destroy their spine or whatever. Like, yeah, you have what? to kill them. You have to kill, chop off their head or hit them in the heart so or silver. They, they're so not silver, just regular yes. killed, but you have to break their neck. So not silver bullet. That's dumb. No, you silver bullet. Like, no, silver can wound them. Oh, okay. What, can anything else wound them too? There's a whole section. I skipped over it. But basically, like, at one point, he gives her a necklace, a pentagram necklace that's silver. And she oh. talks about how silver, it's, she thought it was funny because it's silver and it's pentagram. It's like, that's the symbol of her people. And the silver is. The pentagram um, is a silver of, of werewolves? Yeah, apparently. They okay. say it very casually in the story. I almost <laughs> added it. I took it out when I was trying to make my notes to what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm undermining you here by trying to understand the world building, which is threadbare. <laughs> 
I didn't take out a whole lot, but I did take out that he gave her this pentagram necklace and she thought it was funny because pentagram is like the symbol of her people, but the silver is like the antithesis to her people. Like it hurts her, right? But she can wear the necklace. It just can't touch like a wound or blood from her body. And apparently that's what wounds them, which is insane to me. Like it can touch the skin, but it can't touch a wound. So they are nigh invulnerable except for silver and spine shattering. Yeah, basically like you can chop off their head and you can like you could shoot them with guns. They're not going to kill them. But like if you, uh, probably if you took out their heart or something, I mean, if you exploded their heart or burned them alive, they can be burned alive. It's always been my question like vampires. Like, would a bazooka work? I feel like a bazooka would work. It probably would. I think it's the same thing with the werewolves. Like, bazooka would work. Burning them would work. Because uh, okay. they got in the house fire. Work. I was going to say, like, the, the yeah. infire killed them. So, like, Chopping so it's not their just head silver. Work. Silver works. So, like, but it, silver just wounds them. So, you'd have to hit something that actually, like, it's not going to, like, I don't think it's going to, like, fall on poison them if you hit right. something that wasn't important. It would All just right. wound them. I was just trying to figure out, like, how worried or in danger she was if she came back with Aiden and he had, like, a gun or something. like Right. So she doesn't know if she's in danger with by him or if he just wants to talk. Like, she's obviously on the fence about whether or not she should talk with him. And she's worried about what she's done because um, if – since she told him, like, her home has been destroyed once because she didn't tell her dad, you know, kind of that she – her suspicions about the five and all of that what right, was right, going right, on right. and now it's like the same thing she's put them in danger again and she feels like she's the weak link and she's a danger you know what it to sounds people. like it sounds like teenage werewolves are just bad ideas we just shouldn't have any <laughs> well how do they get to adulthood they should have more supervision is what they should have <laughs> yes or like a better a better like structure rather than violence is the leader like maybe some therapy the most, yeah like if you have a hierarchy where the leaders determined through violence and murder, I'm not surprised the teenagers who are seeing that and emulating their elders are like, yeah, that's how we should behave. Yeah, 100%. So like I said, she feels like she's a danger to her people. She considers running away, but she's worried that she'll, she'll continue to kill. She's convinced herself at this point that she's the killer, obviously. Sure, yep. Um, which, understandable. You've woken up I mean, up she just found the, the hand in her bed, so. Right. So, she's like, oh my god, I'm killing in these, like, blackout rages, and I I don't realize I'm doing it, I don't know why, Maybe I can't stop Maybe don't drink it. as a wolf person. Probably a good idea. And so she's worried that if she continues to kill, and if, or if she gets caught when she's killing, it might trace back to her family, and she's too ashamed to turn herself into the pack, so she decides she's going to kill herself. Okay. So I'm going to go over this briefly, just fair warning to listeners that I will not go into detail, major detail, but so she's set on this plan. She runs out to get some gasoline, which she has decided is the only foolproof way to die because Wait. they're just slightly invincible. Right. Okay. Doesn't sound like it. She has that silver necklace, right? Yeah, but she's got to be, she'd have to be like stabbed with something silver, or shot with something silver. Uh-huh. Or, like, how's okay. she going to do that by herself? Just good, good have like point. silver bullets lying around. <laughs> well, who does? <laughs> so. She leaves a note for her mom stating, I am the killer. I don't remember doing it, but it had to be me. I don't know what made me go crazy. It wasn't your fault. Now I'm killing myself to make you safe. I'm sorry. I love you. Let me guess. The twist is it was all Gabriel. No. (laughs) Yes. Maybe. She leaves it on the table and heads far into the woods to distance herself from the community. And she pours gasoline on herself. But before she can get a match to light, some of the five call out to her trying to stop her. And as they, like, pour into the field or the area where she is, one of the five tells her, it wasn't you, it wasn't you, and his face is streaked with tears. That was him. Okay, I knew it wasn't her, though. Mm, it wasn't this guy either. Well, then who, was it, was it Gabriel? Was it right the first time? We'll get in here. We'll get there. Not, why, why would I tell you, Sam? <laughs> mm, because it's not that much of a surprise anyway. <laughs> 
So they've alerted Gabriel, and he arrives, and she collapses against him, obviously soaked in their gasoline, wanting to know what they're talking about. the fire, takes them both down. (laughs) And Ulf, one of the five, U-L-F, tells them he saw Astrid coming home with a meat boy that night, her and Rafe. And they thought he was out, and he was actually hidden away. He was reading, and he came out when he heard a cry, and he saw them kill the human. Oh, I should have guessed it was Astrid trying to frame her. Astrid and Rafe. The, like, the bad guys in this book are not hidden well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I thought it would be cleverer than that. It'd be like, oh, yep. Gabriel, who's the leader, is the one who's, like, doing this to separate her from Aiden and make her realize she has to be the wolf person so he can, like, oh, take control nice. of her. <laughs> it wouldn't be nice. It would have been a more, like, clever twist than... Oh, Oh, Astrid's mad at her, so she's trying to frame her. (laughs) I remember when I read this as a teenager, I was like, that's, of course that's who it is. Why would it be anybody else? Like, it's that, like, they're supposed to, aren't they supposed to not be the ones who did it? Because that's too obvious. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's what I thought would be like, it can't be Astrid. She's going to, you know, do some other stupid thing, but. I, I thought it would be Gabriel trying to, like, prove to her that she can't exist with humans to, to isolate her in, like, nice, an abuser no. way. Nope, that's not how it ends. Um, <laughs> no, so that's they, too bad. <laughs> so they didn't see Ulf, and he left as they rolled up the human in a carpet. And I also think Astrid is his mom, which I didn't realize until this point is in the Ulf's story. Mom? Yeah, it's one of the five's mom. So she's, like, 24, and they're, she, like... She's, like, I bet she's, she's got... I think she's, yeah, like, 30 Yeah, doesn't work there. <laughs> I think she's 30. Like, I think they say something about her being around that So she's age. 30. She's dating the teenage Rafe. Yeah. That's the age of her son. Yeah. I'm about to say. Yeah. It's ick, a real issue. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real ick situation. <laughs> the age in this is wild to me. Um, good news. The movie ages everybody up, which is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real, real ick here. I should also mention that... She has her birthday. I took out that part. She's 18 now, just so you know. Sure. She does have her birthday in this story. So she's of legal age in all societies. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's okay still. Yeah. Uh, Power dynamics don't exist or something. 100% absolutely. But I am just saying that that to the author's credit, she's 18 by the end of the story. I'm pretty sure that's what age she is by the end of the story. Yeah, but like... The age is just an, an, an I mean, I'm not going to be, no, like, I, know. That. I know. <laughs> it, I know. I'm saying it's just a number, not in the sense that, okay, you can do whatever age you want. I'm saying that because like, just because someone is 18 doesn't mean they're suddenly okay for like a 30 year old to try to isolate yes. them and, you know, yeah, manipulate them or abuse them. Yeah. There's a lot of power dynamics in this and they try and play it off as like, well, it's, you know, part of the wolf culture and I'm like, no. still gross. <laughs> still gross. Yes. Thank you. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so apparently the rest of the five minus Rafe, I think, had brought Ulf to Vivian because they thought that maybe she could figure out what they should do because she's the new queen or whatever. And they know her and they got to her house. They saw her note. They got Gabriel. And Gabriel asks why she thought it was her, like why she thought she was the one that was murdering people, which is a fair question. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously finding a hand in your bed is going to do that to you, right? Right. And so she explains kind of what's been going on and why she thought that. And she realizes as she's telling the story that Rafe had been the one to tell her that she was heading to Thule's that night of the first murder. And Rafe was the one that gave her alcohol. And Rafe is the one who hates her now. And they ask Ulf It all comes together. It's it's all so obvious. So incredibly (laughs) obvious. They ask Ulf for more details. And he says the only other thing he saw was them finding a note in the boys' pockets and commenting that they were going to be there earlier, whatever that meant. And she realizes that they found and killed Aiden's friend who'd come to give her the note. Oh, what? They killed yeah. that guy too? Plot twist. That random That is human. a twist. I don't think they were going to kill like a child in this book. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I was surprised too. <laughs> All right. Well, you managed to surprise me in one way, book. Well done. <laughs> so they 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 decide their plan. Their game plan is they're going to send Vivian to Aiden because he's like least likely to be concerned about her than some stranger that's like coming up to him in the middle of the yeah. Woods, but he has, right? she has to go way early before they get there. Well, it's one forty-five now. They're supposed to meet at two, so she's like got to book it. And so she decides they're she's going to run over there and try and get Aiden out of the clearing before they show up because they they're supposed to be there at two, and they're going to go like the rest of them are going to go get people to help out because they need a big group because there's you know these two they got to murder Rafe and uh, Astrid. <laughs> yeah. So she goes to the clearing to or goes to the lake, river, whatever, to meet up with Aiden, and she's trying to convince him to leave, but Aiden refuses, and then he lifts a gun and points yeah, it at her. Yeah, there it is. Yay! He's made silver bolts for it. Just so you know, he has. Great. I like this kid. <laughs> he knows what he's about. He, I told you, he read the monster manual. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> He tells her he's come to release her from her torment and stop the murdering, blah, 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 etc. And she's like, listen, I'm not the murderer. There are real murderers on the way, but we've got to, like, book it. We need to go right now. And he obviously doesn't believe her. And out in the bushes, Astrid starts to laugh, much to Aiden's horror. Surprise, there's more werewolves. <laughs> she's surprise? not the only werewolves, Aiden. Oh, yeah. Well, Aiden's surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Gabriel still hasn't appeared, and Vivian realizes she has to stall. So she starts asking them questions like, why did you set me up? You know? <laughs> you mean the most obvious questions trying to get them to monologue? Yeah. And like all good villains, they monologue. <laughs> they monologue. Yeah. <laughs> so they tell her all about how they set her up, and Rafe insists that the hand thing was just a joke for just being such a pain and acting like a human and being into meat boys, you know. He had planned to tell her, but he was just letting her like stew in it for a little bit. Is Rafe still into her? Is that the problem? Um, yeah, I think he still has a thing for her. But she realizes that Rafe and Astrid are coming from different angles. Like, Rafe is just like, this is a big joke and, like, no big deal that we're killing humans. And Astrid is like, no, humans deserve to die and I am setting you up. Like, you're the one that's going to take the fall for these human murders. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Yeah, She's way so, more serious about it than, than Rafe. Yeah, and Rafe just thought it was kind of a big game, you know, he was having fun with this older woman kind of thing. And she, Vivian rightly asks uh, Astrid, what's your plan when I, like, after I took the fall for her, what was your plan when you kept murdering people? Yeah, like, good question. Who, like, who were you going to blame then? Because you're not stopping. Like, you're obviously not stopping. And apparently there's no answer for that because they don't ever They're say idiots. Anything. They don't plan ahead. <laughs> no. But Rafe suddenly realizes that Astrid is, like, not only super murdery, but totally willing to leave him at the drop of a hat. Because he, he's like, well, the reason why Astrid's mad at Vivian is because she took the position of queen and so she right. wanted to be with Gabriel and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, obviously, she doesn't care about Rafe. And yeah. he's, like, 12 years old or whatever compared yeah, to her. So, so, and Rafe suddenly realizes that. He's like, oh, man, you'd, like, you're not into me at all. <laughs> Duh, Rafe. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Rafe's a moron. <laughs> So Astra tells Rafe to kill the boy, and Vivian snaps, turning into a wolf. But before she can dive bomb on Astrid, Gabriel appears again. This is like the third time he's like stepped in and helped her Ex out. Ex machina, yeah. Yeah, and he whips her out of the way, telling her good job, but the punishment is his to met out. Astrid's a danger to them all, so obviously the only sentence is death. Yeah, clearly. Murder her. And our handy note taker wrote, leader. <sighs> yes. He's what? the leader. Gabriel's the leader. He, leader. What, leadership what? skills. Wait, I mean, are those really leadership skills? A good leader will not have let it get this far in the first place. Well, according to our note taker, these are this is him showing his leadership skills. Sure. 
Great. Perfect. So he jumps Astrid and kills her very unceremoniously. And Vivian realizes Aiden's still there after all of this is settled yeah. down. And he's like, you can go now. You're like, get out of here. Get going. And Gabriel steps forward, offering his hand because he's like retching on the ground. And Aiden panics and raises his gun up. And Vivian, without thinking, steps in front of Gabriel and takes the shot. Oh, no. Oh, Romeo no. and Juliet. Tragedy. Unintentional yeah, they tragedy. They yeah. die in the end. That's good. I hope they all die. <laughs> As she lies on the ground, she begs them to let Aiden go, that he didn't mean to, and Aiden agrees. He's like, yeah, I panicked. Please let me go. (laughs) And Gabriel says he'll only hear from him if she dies, and Aiden runs off. He promises not to say anything. I feel real bad for Aiden. He didn't want any of this. Yeah, apparently he's not good with magic stuff. It was all a lie. I am disappointed. He has to brush up on his, you know, magic handling skills. Yeah. The author really paints humans as pretty awful creatures in this book. It gets worse. They're like, we're almost done. We're on the very last little chunk, but there's like a big thing. <laughs> Is there another like mob that comes out to, to no. murder them? Okay. Yeah. Vivian in her agony is stuck between like wolf and human, you know, she's like in all of this pain, she can't figure out how to shift between one or the other. And Aunt Persia, you know, shows up with the crowd that's coming to help everything out. And she asks her to choose between ones she can treat her, but Vivian somehow can't draw the energy. So cut to weeks later, she's alive. Weeks later. Oh, good. But she's stuck as a half-wolf creature. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah, she can't go either way, Sam. She's just stuck. (laughs) So is the bullet still inside of her? I don't know how they, I don't know how they, no, it's not why. Okay, she just is, it just is, the plot needs it. Yeah, we'll get there. So she's angry about everything, obviously, and the pack- She's a teenager, that's clear. Yeah, the the pack has bought some property up in Vermont, they'll be leaving soon, and the five without Rafe has calmed down, they're kind of more like silly hooligans than insane murderers. To to Rafe, did they murder Rafe too? I think they killed him, yeah, I don't remember. They probably did, they probably killed him in the thing. Yeah, I don't think he's there anymore. Clearly, great. I could be wrong, maybe There's a lot of murder in this book, I gotta be honest. (laughs) Way more than I expected. I can't imagine that they allow- like Rafe to live when he helped Astrid kill everybody, yeah. but I, I mean, maybe I, from their perspective, I get it. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of murder in this book, and some like not really the best way to you know prevent murder is more murder. Well, there's more murder, so hang hang tight. Okay, great, can't <laughs> wait for that. Gabriel shows up one day to talk to her because she's just been locking herself in a room, drawing art, you know, like not leaving because she thinks she looks like a monster. He tells her that. Um, he can identify kind of with what she's going through because he once killed a girl that he loved. It was a human. Oh. It's sad. He fell in love and they had sex, but he realized that he wanted more. He needed more from her. And he did. she didn't know what he was. And she. he was like afraid to tell her because he was afraid of her reaction. But during sex, he would change just a little because it felt more honest to him and it helped like the weird like, eating feeling he had. Just change like his butt or something. Yeah, like just, I don't, I don't know, just his claws, just his teeth. I don't know. But she never noticed. <laughs> just the hair on my back. <laughs> then one night he took it too far and he couldn't turn back and she noticed and she freaked out and like they start, they got into a huge fight and he hit her, not real, you know, not meaning to. Ooh, no. And one of the wolves would have been fine because the hit wasn't that strong, but because she was human, she w- she ended up dying. And he ran off, and he lived in his wolf form for months, afraid to take human form, ashamed to take human form again. So that was sad, I guess. And he learned a valuable lesson about how you shouldn't be with humans. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, but also, you can kind of relate to the state that she's in because, like, she's in this half state because she can't accept her wolf form, she can't accept her human form, and that's why it's she's It's all a metaphor! Yeah, exactly. 
Also, he still finds her attractive and kisses her a few times to show her because she's oh, like, oh, gross. Monster. He's still gross. I don't like him. <laughs> I mean, I get that he has some tragic backstory and he's being very nice to her, but he still assaulted her. Yes. I'm not letting that go. <laughs> And nor should you. He tells her she has to accept who she is. If she accepts that, it's her choice to change back. She doesn't believe him. But there's a note on the side um, from our, our handy dandy note writer that says, accept who you are. So that's what needs to happen. Thank and you, note writer. <laughs> you should do therapy. Be a motivational speaker. <laughs> Leader, believe- <laughs> accept who you are. Sex? <laughs> But he believes in her so much, he makes out with her, and she realizes she needed to be kissed like that, not the brief comfort of chocolate that Aiden's kisses were. And somehow all that making out makes her turn into a wolf. Then to prove that she can, she turns herself into a human too, and she's like, I'm fixed! And I guess that means they're mates now, and they turn into wolves, and I assume they run off into the sunset. Do they still make out as wolves? Like, how does that work? Nobody talks about how you can love people in their human and wolf forms, and it sounded metaphorical for sex, but what do I know? Well, if our narrator didn't write that in the margins, I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) But no, why should it with him? He's the worst. (laughs) Is that the end of the book? That's the end of the book. I thought you were saying people can get worse. What happened to make people worse? I think he was worse because he ended up killing yeah. a woman during sex. Yeah, no, he's the worst. I, I, I said the book was mean to humans, not for the wolf people. The wolf people were terrible. But the reason why he ends up hitting her is because she can't accept his wolf. Yeah, but like he sprung it on her in the middle of sex. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm just saying that they, like it doesn't ever show a human being like, okay, give me a minute here, like or coming back and like yeah, being okay but with it only later. There's two humans that have introduced to it. One was a child, a teenager, and the other was like mid coitus. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I just, but then all the the humans that like killed them earlier, they've been run out oh, of multiple times because they times murdered and, two people and tried to cover it up. Like yeah, I'm not saying I just I'm just saying they've been run out of town every single time. But this this but it's the story is very like supportive of the wolves and not the humans. That that's my point is that the story is that. But from the actions I've seen, I'm on the human side here, hundred <laughs> percent. Like these wolf packs, like oh you murdered that girl, so we're all gonna lie and get you out of it. Like what I would be ticked off too if there was a pack of wild animals basically like murdering people and like covering it up yeah even if there was a a human gang human human, (laughs) a human gang i'd be mad about that too so that's the story they turn into ends up with him yeah oh and i always thought it was interesting that this was such a well-loved teenage book hey the guy who abuses you won't leave you alone he really cares the most about you yep (laughs) now you know how i feel (laughs) no this is i mean that's a terrible message this is like no, I mean, if this was a warning, like, hey, girls, don't let a guy talk you into like, isolating you from your friends and family and convince you that he's the only one who can help you because that's abuse. But he didn't isolate her friends or family. Well, he did for the human side, but not that's the what I'm animal at. side. Well, I mean, still, but he also convinced that only he understands her. And I'm the one you can talk to about this stuff. I think he was saying the pack, the only people that you can be with. Either way, like, it still feels like... It's very, again, like... It's it's almost like it was written by a werewolf who's very like pro pack. <laughs> the the werewolf industry or something. Yeah, it feels <laughs> abusive. Is all I'm saying. It feels like classic abuser playbook to to try to Super interesting, right? Yeah, wear someone down and all that. I do not like that. Yeah. When I was like 13 or 14, I read this book cuz I have a very specific memory of reading this book. I couldn't quite remember everything that happened in it, but I remembered reading it. And I remembered not really liking it when I was a teenager, yeah. but I probably couldn't figure out why. And I was like, "Nope, that book's not for me." But it is a popular book. And like I said, popular enough that it made it into a movie, which I kind of want to do 
because like I said, it is very different. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's less pro-abuser and sexual assaulter. I don't remember how it ends, so I can't tell you that. I just remember that a lot of things are really, really different in it. Wild. I mean, I was on board with, you know, it'll be a fun, silly book up until that end. That ending <laughs> is the worst. It really puts a whole new perspective on all the actions and all the events of the book. I know. I always thought it was so weird that she ended up like that. This was the other guy in the story was what always threw me off is like her options were Aiden, who seemed fine until she couldn't he couldn't accept who she was and try to murder her. Okay, whatever. And then there was this other guy that was like this weird, abusive, older guy. And I was just like, what What is going on in the story? These are two terrible choices. Yeah, I mean, like Aiden, I understand a bit more like he obviously not shouldn't have tried to murder her. But again, from his perspective, there was somebody like attacking his new girlfriend or whatever, lady friend, and murdering people, and that puts them all in danger, and no one's going to take him seriously, because he already called the news once about the werewolf. Yeah, probably him. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, who else would it have been? Yeah, it's a weird story. So, like, I don't think it justifies him trying to murder her, but, like, it at least puts some mitigating circumstances for him. But, like, Gabriel has no redeeming qualities in my mind. (laughs) Well, you don't get enough about his character, really. And, like, I didn't leave a whole lot out. There's a couple of little tiny small interactions that they have. But, like, they never have any moments where they're, like, getting along or connecting or, like, you see anything. All he does is, like, force himself on her until she's like, yeah, this is cool. I'm fixed through the magic of your making out with me. Yeah, it's really weird to me. Like, I always thought he was such a weirdly underdeveloped character. And then to be the person that she ends up with never made sense to me. I, I, again, I I didn't read the books. I don't know if there's more that I'm missing. But he sounds like a super creep. And the fact that his magic makeout fixes her is infuriating. Yeah. Listeners, if you have like another take on this book, because I do know it's a popular book and I would be super, yeah. maybe I should Google more and kind of like see, read blogs or whatever back from the 90s and 2000s about why people love this story so much. But uh, I do think the main character is like, I mean, other she's than ending interesting. up, yeah, she's yeah. interesting. And other than ending up with a potential abuser in some ways, she is a really strong self-esteem. And I mean, that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing to have. I liked as a her. I, I was rooting for her the whole way through. Like, I, I had nothing against Vivian. I mean, I thought she was wishy-washy as a teenager, but that's just being a teenager. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> she was finding herself. I get that. I was I was cool with her, but like that ending really. Mm, do not approve in any way. Yeah, it's an interesting ending. Yeah. And the dynamics, the like patriarchal dynamics of the... I just like there, that's accepted. They're not like condemned or touted. They just are accepted as like the natural order. Yeah, it's interesting though, because they bring up so many side things about like, well, why can't women fight it? And yeah. what about this? And then, but they don't really do anything with that yeah, idea. Exactly. It doesn't like, they never, sh- they show her coming kind of into her own accepting her beast, but they don't actually like, she's not like she takes over the pack or something or whatever. All right. So we need help from our, our from our listeners in two ways. One, obviously, if you have it in perspective, we'd love to hear it. I haven't read it. So don't come after me. I'll go for Danielle. She's the yeah, one throwing the bus me. here. I read it twice. I just don't get it. Maybe it's just not for me. You're right, that's I fine. think it's interestingly written. Second, if you are or know who our mysterious margin noter is, yes. we are desperate to speak to them. I loved you. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's such a better experience, I bet. 
I really appreciated that. You were like the deciding factor for me on whether or not I was going to do this book. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Well, if you have information for either of those items, you can reach us at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookretorts. And if you want to help fund our animal shelter for wayward werewolves, you can <laughs> say that three times fast. You can do that at patreon.com slash bookretorts. We have so many projects going on, on Patreon, We're you guys. very busy. <laughs> Maybe we could use the werewolves for the um, in place of the, the guard, dog. The dog yeah, guards, the yes. <laughs> Danielle, you're brilliant. This is how we're going to make them all tie together. <laughs> the mall mall, mall guards. <laughs> yeah, the, the the dog guard school. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, uh, don't get stuck halfway between your two major forms because that's bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is the hard one, Danielle. You come up with one. <laughs> That's why you always do the endings. All right, all right, fine. We'll give one Okay. Well, until next time, if you bring silver bullets to a dog fight, shoot to kill. <laughs> I said werewolf fight, not a dog fight. Be clear. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay, don't like that We're one dead. either. Uh, all right, I got another one. I got another one. Well, until next time, don't determine your societal hierarchy through a blood sport. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's a game where I just make Sam come up with as many different things as possible. You think keeping all those in there, Daniel? I'm definitely not. <laughs> yes, don't do that, everybody. Take care. Bye. <laughs> down on humans book i'm telling you it was written by the pro werewolf lobby that's amazing i want there to be a pro werewolf lobby like what's our platform more ability to murder humans yeah like that's gonna really catch on well that's not like what they want to do what they want to do is leave like humanity and go run off in the woods and not be bothered and not be tracked and uh, traced and a I lot get of that. them want to murder humans let's be yeah, clear well, some of them did yeah but they were the quote-unquote bad ones sam half okay, of them yeah. dead that's yeah. fine okay so the sexual assault werewolf not bad murder wolf Bad. He's supposedly good because he's the pack leader. He's allowed to be kind of jerk face. Mm. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying it's allowed in their society. <laughs> their society sucks is what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I do not disagree. You don't know the amount of times I wrote in my notes to something about patriarchal whatever. Yeah. <laughs>